0: Welcome to The Carnivore Cast, a podcast focused on the carnivore diet and lifestyle with practical advice from successful carnivores, citizen scientists, and top researchers. I'm your host, Scott Maslinski, and I'm here to speak with experts and experienced carnivores to get answers to your biggest and meatiest questions while helping you live your best life as a carnivore. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting The Carnivore Cast on Patreon. By becoming a patron, You'll help us reach more people and continue to create content on carnivore. There are also exclusive perks available, such as private Q&As, consultations with me, and more. Become a supporter at patreon.com carnivorecast. Check the episode description for the link. Thank you, and I'll see you there. Vanessa Spina, aka Ketogenic Girl, is the host of KetogenicGirl.com, a popular website loaded with ketogenic resources. Vanessa is returning to the podcast for the third time today after her first episode where we discussed what inspires her and why she started Ketogenic Girl, her thoughts on restriction versus food freedom, fasting, and more. In the second episode, we talk more about metabolism, calories in, calories out, chronic dieting. Check those two episodes out if you missed them the first time. And she also hosts her own podcast, Fast Keto, and more recently, the Optimal Protein Podcast, uh, where she interviews doctors, researchers, and keto success stories. Sounds familiar. And Vanessa has helped hundreds of people lose weight and regain health with her 28-day challenges and keto meal plans. Finally, she recently had a baby boy, Luca, and launched the Tone device. Is she a superwoman or what? (laughs) And uh, she makes tons of helpful evidence-based content that she shares across her YouTube, Instagram, and podcast for free, and shares very rational perspectives, which I always appreciate, on diet, mindset, body composition, and practical tips as well. Welcome to the show, Vanessa.
1: Wow, Scott, that was the most amazing intro ever. Thank you so much. You really know how to make people feel special, and I'm honored to be back on your show again, so thank you.
0: Yeah, of course. Well, it's all true, and you deserve it, so welcome back. Um, How have you been? How has life been treating you? Um, What's, what's going on with you? (laughs)
1: Honestly, I feel like I'm living all of my dreams come true right now. So uh, I feel like I'm literally living the dream that I've had for years. Uh, You know, having Luca this summer has been just beyond my wildest dreams of how amazing, you know, having a family was, you know, not that, I mean, Pete and I were a family before, but having a baby And having a kid uh, is just insanely amazing. Being a parent is is so rewarding and fun and uh, really magical. And the other dream has been the Tone Device, which has been a dream of mine for a few years and uh, brought it to life this year. (laughs) So I really feel like I said, I'm really doing fantastically and, and living my dreams come true right now. So it's really awesome.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I definitely want to touch on both of those, starting with Luca. um, When, like when you started to, I guess in the ketogenic world and the carnivore world, um, there's obviously a lot of like controversy around how to have a successful keto or carnivore pregnancy. And I'm definitely not the person to ask about that. Um, But I know like um, Keto Connect have put out a lot of great resources about that. Um, So I'm curious, like, is that something you already knew a lot about before, um, getting pregnant or did that just like spark a whole area of research for you?
1: I think it was a combination of both. So one of the first things I got was, uh, Lily Nichols book, which is called real food pregnancy. And it was just the most validating thing to read because everything that I read in there was what I was doing. You know, it was like, just eat nutrient dense food, these are the best foods for baby, like whole foods, like eggs and rich, you know, fatty fish and lots of liver and all of this stuff, you know, it's basically was recommending the diet that I was already doing. And I have been carnivore for a while and doing a ketogenic version of carnivore in order to conceive. And so that was like really high fat carnivore, like all the egg yolks and that was making egg pudding and egg yolk muffins and just really fatty steak and beef. And so that kind of like just really optimizing for the most nutrient dense food that I could eat. You know, I'd been doing liver for years, but I was, you know, making sure to just get all of that nutrient density and One of the things that's interesting about pregnancy that I learned from Dr. Kate Shanahan is she says, you know, a lot of people start taking, you know, prenatal vitamins when they get pregnant, but you need to be doing that before you need to be preparing your body to carry a child before that, because when you have a baby, you're, pregnant, a lot of your nutrients go to the baby. So if you don't have a lot of stores, then you will lose a lot of those nutrients yourself. Everything's going to go to the baby. You need to be really extra short up before. So that was a great tip that I had picked up from her. So I was already doing prenatal vitamins. I was already doing all this nutrient dense food. And then just reading her book, really helped just validate all the choices that I was making because she is so incredibly well researched. She has done, you know, written, you know, papers and books that have contributed actually to the Czech Republic, changing their policy, you know, guidelines on what they recommend to women who have gestational diabetes. They now recommend doing a low carb diet. And that's, Oh, wow.
0: Her. She's seems-
1: like, yeah. She has, you know, she's doing powerful things in the world, but she's also just everything she does is completely validated and well-researched and, and evidence-based. So, uh, yeah, it was great to pick that up. And then I was kind of researching different things on my own as well. You know, there's, uh, a lot of controversy, you know, out there about doing keto either, you know, during pregnancy and when people were asking me like are you seriously doing keto while you're pregnant i was like this is the diet that helped me get pregnant so <laughs> why would i change it and i don't really understand i really think that the the misconceptions around doing keto during pregnancy come from the misconceptions that people have about keto We, in our bubble, in the low carb space, in our community, we know all these things, but we take for granted that everyone knows and understands what keto is. When you and I think of keto, we think of nutrient dense foods, and I'm sure it's the same for our listeners, but a lot of people, when they think of keto, they think of like dangerous ketoacidosis, like they don't understand it. So they're saying like, oh, of course you wouldn't want to do something like that. But when you understand that, you know, there are there's basically like a version of keto, which is just nutrient density. You're mostly just eating real food, cutting out all the sugar, all the processed foods, all the vegetable and seed oils. You're just eating the most nutritious food that you possibly can. And of course, that's going to help you to get pregnant in a lot of cases. It's also going to help having a wonderful pregnancy. I had the most smooth, easy pregnancy the entire time. I felt like I was just me, like right now, except I was also pregnant. Like I had no uncomfortable symptoms, nothing, not even nausea, no bloating, no swelling, no back, like back pain. None of the complaints that a lot of people have when they're pregnant. So You know, I had a really smooth pregnancy and Luca is amazing and he's thriving and I've been breastfeeding him since he was born. And that's been going amazing. And I'm doing carnivore, you know? So I think that if you understand, and if you were to talk to any healthcare provider and be like could I do a super nutrient-dense, healthy whole foods diet while pregnant? And they would probably be like, yes, that sounds great. But if you said, can I do keto? You know, they might not understand. So I think it's just an education piece that we have to keep communicating to people so that they understand what this is.
0: A lot of people ask me about how to make liver more tasteful and how to cook it or incorporate other organ meats on carnivore. Optimal Carnivore can help you do just that with their grass-fed organ complex. It was created by carnivores for carnivores. They start by sourcing 100% grass-fed organ meats from New Zealand, gently freeze-drying the organs and encapsulating them into convenient bovine gelatin capsules. Just six of these capsules a day is the same as eating an ounce of raw organ meat. I personally take these every single day, as does my wife, even though we both eat liver and other organ meats our ancestors would have eaten the whole animal. And this unique blend has nine different organs, including beef liver, brain, thymus, kidney, spleen, etc. And I think it's great to get a daily dose of these organs when you can. So it covers all your bases, whether you're at home or traveling. What's also cool is they plant a tree for every product sold, which helps the environment. So visit www optimalcarnwar.com slash carnwarcast and use the code carnwar10 to receive 10% off your purchase. Thanks. And back to the show. I'm so glad to hear that you had such a successful and easy pregnancy. Luca is so lucky to have you. Um, that's awesome. And, um, one thing that I think is really interesting, um, well, first of all, I, I wanted to ask, did you find found you needed to like increase your calories substantially to support Luca um, as you were as you were getting closer to his birth and like post to support the breastfeeding as well or electrolytes as well?
1: So right before I got pregnant, I actually started doing a reverse diet and boosting my calories. And that was just kind of a coincidence I was doing it at the time to raise my metabolic rate. And I was experimenting with a reverse diet and just wanted to optimize my hormones, which ended up actually coinciding really nicely with the pregnancy during my pregnancy. I did not have an increased appetite. I'm not sure why, but I have different theories. I think that because I'm getting so much nutrient density in all the time that it's quite possible that. I just wasn't hungry for that reason that you could be, if say someone wasn't getting a lot of nutrients in that, the body might be hungry all the time to try to, you know, push you to eat more so you could get those nutrients in. So I didn't have an increased appetite. I didn't put on that much weight. I think in total, I probably put on about 10 to 15 pounds of just like extra body weight, which is pretty standard during a pregnancy in terms of what your body needs to support the pregnancy. And then also breastfeeding after when I started breastfeeding Luca, that's when my appetite shot up a lot. And I would wake up in the morning and I would have like this growling stomach and just, I never experienced anything like that before. So I, you know, I was eating more frequently than before. And then after, you know, the supply was just well-established. I didn't really have any issues. I was really blessed with that breastfeeding has gone really well from the beginning and he's now going to be six months on Friday. And I've had just a really strong supply the whole time after the beginning, you know, when that was first established, my appetite kind of normalized a little bit after, and it wasn't as high. And then I started doing a little bit higher protein again, like bumping up the protein percentage and that didn't affect it either. But that's really, I think, because I get in all of the liver and all of the, you know, salmon and I get roe in and egg yolks and I get in all this nutrient density all the time. And I, that's, you know, really what your body needs to support it during that time. So, uh, but yeah, it's so far it's, it's been going well. And we just started introducing salt, like his first foods to him. Uh, and I made lamb, couple nights ago and gave him a lamb chop. And that's like his favorite thing now is just like, it's like this little meat popsicle and you know, he can just hold it himself and he can like suck on it and just sort of get a taste for meat and stuff. And he loves that.
0: That's so cool. Um, and you reminded me of the lamb popsicle. Um, and you're talking about like the increased need for nutrients, both ahead of pregnancy and during it. Um, one thing that's kind of controversial in keto and carnivore space, but I imagine even more so with pregnancy is calcium. Um, and like people will say you don't get enough calcium on a keto or, um, carnivore diet. Um, -hmm. and then when you're like breastfeeding and, and supporting the baby, um, you probably need even more calcium. So, um, Is that something you supplemented in some way? Do you think there's enough in a normal ketogenic diet or are there certain foods that you tried to include for that purpose?
1: Yeah, I'm heavy on the dairy. Uh, Like I am lucky because we're in Europe. For some reason, dairy does not really work for me that well when we're in North America. I don't know why. Uh, I haven't figured it out. I've asked a lot of people, there's different theories on it. For some reason, when we're in Europe, I can just eat all the dairy and it doesn't affect me at all. So I eat every day. I have yogurt, I have cheese. I'll even have milk sometimes. And, you know, the milk is a super high protein food. It's got tons of leucine in it. And obviously cheese and yogurt are derivatives of that. So I get that in every single day. And that's always been a part of my carnivore diet, is lots of dairy. And I think that there's a lot of misconceptions out there about dairy being bad for weight loss or fat loss or body composition. But that's only when dairy, I think, is really, really high fat. And it's not sort of being portioned out in a way that someone is getting, you know, just the right amount. they might be, it's, it's a food that's easy to overeat just like nuts. Cause and it's really high energy, but I think it's an, it's an awesome food. And I also get some from canned salmon. I do a lot of canned salmon and there's lots of calcium in the bones there. You know, sometimes when you get canned salmon, you have like the bones are kind of ground up in there and I've, before I experimented once with making my own calcium uh, supplement by taking eggshells and I washed them and then I dried them and I pulverized them and I put them into little capsules and it was really fun. I just have no time <laughs> for anything like that anymore. Um, but I think it's important to include dairy in the diet if you can. And if you can find dairy that you know works for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's great to hear. And it sounds like you found a really good approach. Um, we're also like, in a much smaller and less significant way trying to figure out a lot of this stuff for our fur baby, our dog. Um, so it's been fun, like <laughs> figuring out the like, eggshells and different ratios of nutrients to get like the right amount of vitamin E and things like that, um, that she needs. Um, but yeah, it can be, it can be really fun. And then um, how are you thinking about like introducing foods? Do you, are you going to try to have him eat a certain way or are you just trying to like take it slowly and see what he does well with?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So we're doing baby led weaning, which is really interesting. It's basically, you know, you just have baby sit with you. As of last week, he just started to be able to sit up in his little high chair on his own. And he's just starting to become interested in what we're eating. And so I, the baby led weaning is you kind of give them a little bit of what you're having and you just go by, you know, their reaction feedback. Uh, I was disappointed that he's not into egg yolks. That was one of the first things that I tried. And, you know, egg yolks are just nutritional gold and he's just not into it. Babies tend to like a little bit more sweet tasting things because of the breast milk, but he does love steak. So when we are having steak, I'll give him a long strip. You cut things up into long strips so they can kind of hold it, take it, and then they can just sort of chew on it. Uh, he's got two little teeth that have come in, but like he can't fully chew food yet. So we give him little strips of the food that we're eating and just like watch him to be sure that, you know, he's, he's uh, you know not swallowing it or anything. And also just grind up little pieces. And I took some like leftover Uh, steak or lamb and I'll uh, make that into sort of a little puree with some cream and, you know, that kind of stuff. And he, he likes meat. So I'm going to keep following that, but my plan for him is just to just focus on real whole foods and make sure that protein is the center of every meal. So, you know, I'm not, Opposed to him having carbs, healthy carbs. I think there's healthy carbs out there and there's less healthy carbs, like there's healthy fats and less healthy fats. So I'm not opposed to having him having carbs as long as there's always a protein with it, you know, and it's something that is going to serve him in regulating his appetite really well on his own is, you know, always having protein with every meal and just focusing on only whole foods. So, you know, I've, I gave him a, a little bit, I make a protein shake. Uh, with some berries. And when I'm making it, I'll take some of the berries and give him to that. And he seems to like that, but an avocado, but those two foods are just a mess. Like you have to be prepared because as soon as it gets in his hand and, you know, and he squeezes it and then suddenly it's here and there, and it's just everywhere within <laughs> seconds. So, um, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to do the steak and stuff, but we're just planning on doing more like probably a paleo style approach with him, uh, except for, we'll definitely include the dairy and as long as he can tolerate. And that's one thing that we're kind of waiting to see because my husband is dairy intolerant, but I'm not. So, you know, we'll see, you know, how, how he does with it. Uh, but just like introducing one food at a time and, and following based on, you know, his responses, but I'm definitely not going to be shoving any broccoli at him or (laughs) anything.
0: Yeah, it seems super logical and and I really like that approach. I think um when my wife and I have children, we'll probably do something very similar. Um yeah. and uh I wanted to ask about um so let's talk a little bit about the tone device. What um sparked your like when did you start thinking about it? Uh, I imagine it's been a dream for a long time for you. Um what what is the purpose? Like why did you decide to go down? that path of, um, a a device that measures, um, ketone levels and, um, fat burning and like, tell, tell us more. I'm just excited to learn.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I started getting excited about the technology probably about 10 years ago. I actually got my first breath ketone meter, which is, um, the one that you plug in, I actually just found it the other day when we were going through some boxes, but it was the first version of it made by this entrepreneur. I think he was in Northern Europe. And, uh, you know, it was, it was really neat to see that you could test your breath ketones and, and, you know, not just rely on the blood, but at the time it wasn't like very portable. And, you know, I wanted something, you know, quicker. So I just relied on blood ketone testing for years and years. And I think it was about four years ago, the first breath device came out and I think it was maybe the lumen, uh, or one of those, and they were giving people feedback based on their breath. And it kind of gave me goosebumps. And I was like, this is something that I'm really interested in. I really think this is so neat that, you know, you could use feedback and obviously, I know about ketones. So I'm, I know that that one, it measures CO2, I believe. So it wasn't exactly the same. It was just kind of like the first one that I had. And then I saw this other one, which is measuring CO2. And I was like, this is something, you know, if we could combine that and do it for ketones, then I started finding some research that, you know, breath acetone, which is the, the ketone that is expelled on the breath it rises not just in ketogenic diets, but when someone is doing a caloric deficit. So it's not just for people who are on keto. And then it really started to intrigue me that much more because, you know, I personally, you know, I do keto, but I do, you know, different approaches. I do modified keto with higher protein. And I want something that could be useful for someone, you know, regardless of their lifestyle choice, And something that could help provide feedback in as to what, when their body is actually burning fat. And we know that acetone is a biomarker for fat burning in the body. So I wanted to create my own and decided that that was going to be my goal. And uh, it's taken about three years now of working with a team of engineers that I found creating the design for it. And you know, going through several different prototypes, finding something that, you know, is portable and lightweight and has a great long battery life. So you can charge it and it lasts for a long time. You don't have to constantly charge it every day or anything. It lasts for a few weeks at a time. Sometimes I don't charge it for over a month and it's still working. So just something really easy to use and then i wanted to make something that was kind of cute and chic and you know also you know had that visual appeal to it as well you know something that you know one of the problems with blood glucose and ketone testing is it's kind of an awkward thing like you don't just sit in a restaurant or in the middle of an airport and take out, you know, your testing kit and start pricking your finger. Like it's just not something you do or at someone's house. Right. But this is something that, you know, you can just take it out wherever you are and you can test, you know, just blowing into your blowing into it for about five seconds. And it's just really easy. And it provides instant feedback has a really short calibration period. So it just warms up for about 20 seconds and it's unlimited testing. So You can test as many times as you want in a day. You can test yourself, your partner, other people, and you can start to just gather lots of data and learn about how your body responds to different inputs from, you know, your macros, different kinds of macros, your exercise, you know, to different times for intermittent fasting, you know, just all of these different things. And you'll see a difference. In terms of your results. So, it helps you to understand when your body's burning fat, which is really important. If you're doing a caloric deficit, you will get feedback from the device that you're burning fat, but you wanna know are you burning no fat? Are you in a light fat burning zone? Are you in the fat burning zone? So, those are the three main zones that it'll give you feedback on. And it's really important when you're losing weight to know that you're burning fat. You're not burning through glucose. You're not just losing water. You're not wasting muscle. You're burning fat. And so it's, it's a really handy tool for anyone who wants to lose some fat and, you know, optimize their body composition. And also just for any data nerd out there who likes to, you know, get data and feedback.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And, um, I'm I'm super excited to try it, and I, I think it's just been so cool following along on Instagram. You posting about it, and one thing that I thought was really awesome is you got feedback, um, at least on the colors. So how are you thinking about like involving your audience <laughs> and involving people in the journey um, of creating this?
1: Yeah, it was really interesting, and I got some surprising feedback. So there's kind of mixed ideas on whether or not you should get feedback from people when you're designing something, because there's people out there who will say, well, people don't actually know what they want. Sometimes you just have to create it. And so I have incorporated different ways of getting feedback throughout the years. My audience, my personal followers from the podcast to, you know, ketogenic girl on Instagram, they're incredibly, you know, well-researched. They're, understand a lot of these, you know, concepts, they follow, they're scientifically minded, uh, really brilliant people. So why would I let that go to waste? You know, I, I love tapping into that, you know, knowledge that people have, and we have this amazing community. So, you know, one of the things that really surprised me is, you know, I create this white and gold version. It was the It's the original one that, uh, you know, I, I first created. And then, You know, the logo on it is pink and most of my, you know, audience community are women. So I was wanting to create something really for women. And that's what a lot of my content is focused on. But I would say about 5%, maybe up to 10% uh, of people who follow me are male And I wanted to create a version that was like more neutral, like not so pink, you know, some men don't like pink or, you know, I understand like, you know, some people just prefer more masculine colors. And when I started asking people for feedback, overwhelming majority of women preferred the black. (laughs) So I kind of had to um, pivot a little bit and say, you know, okay, so I was going to do sort of a black and silver or black and gold, but let's do black and rose gold because women love rose gold. I love rose gold. That really really uh, performed well with my audience. Everyone loved the black and rose gold and the black and gold is kind of, you know, for either men or women. Um men or women. Um it kind of works for both. So, you know, it it depends on your styling and preferences. You know, some people are not so particular with colors. You know, my husband, he's like a real gold guy. And obviously he was like, I'd love the black and gold one. So it was just really interesting getting people's feedback and I was doing it while I'm placing, you know, orders. And while I'm manufacturing, I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, everyone says like 70% of people said they wanted the black ones. So now I got to, you know, order way more of the black ones. We got to do way more of the black. So it's been great getting people's feedback and involving people, you know, in the design process. And, you know, I love being able to get that like market research done instantly from, you know, utilizing like polls and things. It's, it's incredibly helpful. And, you know, I, it's not something I did from the beginning. I didn't like pull people and say, Hey, would you guys like a, you know, an acetone breath, acetone meter. Um, I knew instinctually that if this is something I wanted, and if this is something I love using that other people would too, you know, but it is really fun involving people in like the behind the scenes of like the production manufacturing, that kind of stuff really excites me. And, uh, when I was little, a lot of people probably do not know this, uh, who do follow me. I grew up in China and my parents, used to take me to a lot of factories when I was there and I got to observe a lot of things being made and that stuff used to get my blood pumping. So, uh, this has been just an amazing sort of full circle thing for me, uh, you know, to go back and go back to like designing something, my own, bringing it to life, manufacturing it, and you know bringing it to the market and so far the response has been really positive so um yeah like i said at the beginning it's really been a dream come true to be working and creating this
0: yeah that's great to hear um and awesome that you've had a positive response so far what um what are some of your future plans for the device or others if you can say
1: so i the first thing that i wanted to create was uh, some mouthpieces i just finished creating those so there's an accessory, which are like clear mouthpieces that can go on the device. If someone wants to share the device, I'm working on a travel case for it. And kind of the next steps are going to be an app and having a Bluetooth connectivity on it. So that's something I wanted to do from the get-go, but it would have taken a couple more years for that to um, sort of work out for this device. So I didn't want to wait two, three more years, Uh, I just wanted to come out with this version. And I think there's something nice about the fact that it doesn't have any connectivity to anything. You know, it's just, it's a standalone device. So you don't have to plug it into something to find out what your results are. It's displayed for you right there on the screen. And similarly to testing your blood glucose or blood ketones, there are 64 memories saved in it. So you can access your memories and you can go back and, you know, you can note and track your results, but in the future versions of this, I would really like it to have an app and it, you know, creating apps are it's a huge, huge process. It's just as much as creating a product, you know, it's a uh, capital intensive. It takes a lot of time. And so, you know, it's something that I would like to, to add in the future and and bring that so that, you know, people who, I know a lot of people like to track and integrate. And I think the future of medicine really is going that way with sort of integrating, you know, user data, you know, into a gr- larger system that you can track different, you know, things and, and get feedback on that to personalize things for yourself. And, um, so that, that'll be really exciting when we get to that point, but it's probably a couple years away still.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, has had having Luca changed the way you think about either running ketogenic girl or your podcasting, your, um, helping people, your, your work on the tone device.
1: I would say like, it's kind of my fantasy that one day he would take over the company. <laughs> but don't tell my husband because he's got his own business. (laughs) I'm sure that that's his dream too. So, you know, we'll have to see what he's like more into, if he's more into nutrition and keto, or if he's more into uh, investing and and gold and silver, which is what my husband does. But um, I think it would, it would be so fun. That's kind of the first thing that, that came to mind when you said that, but, you know, it's also just about having a kid, you, you want the absolute best for them. Um, I was really privileged growing up because my parents took me all over the world and I learned a lot about, um, you know, how similar people are, no matter where you go in the world, you know, we, we don't realize that we're all human. We all just want to be loved. We all just want to connect with others. We all just want to live our dreams like human to human. We are all very similar and seeing the world really expanded my horizons and, you know, I got to go everywhere. So I'm really, really lucky. And I want that for Luca too, you know? So uh, definitely in terms of my, you know, future planning with the business, I want to continue to create something that you know, enables me to continue to work for myself and, and do things with Luca. And one really interesting thing that I never would have guessed before having him is I was terrified that having children would disrupt my life and I really liked my life. So I was scared of having kids for a long time and it has only enriched it in so many ways that I couldn't have even imagined. But it also makes me more productive. And it's really interesting because during the day, I'm lucky that my husband also works for himself. So during the day we work, we both work, And we sort of trade off on the time, you know, hour to hour. And because of that, you can get really deep work done and focused work because, you know, you have an hour and then you're going to go play with him for an hour. And then in that time, you focus, you don't, you cut out distractions. And then when you're playing with him, you get a break. And then by the time you get back to work, you're really refreshed. So it's kind of neat that that's been like this really unexpected thing that I thought it was going to be very difficult to continue my work. And my work is very meaningful to me. So it's not something that I wanted to stop doing or that I want to stop doing anytime soon. So uh, it's been a really neat, unexpected thing that uh, or bonus that I can continue to do this work that is so important to me while also, you know, raising him.
0: Yeah, that's so refreshing to hear, and I think <laughs> I and a lot of other you know um, people who are thinking about having kids in the next few years probably have the same mindset about it. Like, how's this going to change my life? Um, so it's great to hear, um, and I I imagine it would have been totally different if you had stayed in your previous career too, your mindset around it. So yeah, definitely. Um, I wanted to ask um about the optimal protein podcast. What prompted that and um, what's it all about?
1: Yeah. So basically it is the same podcast as before, but with a new name and, you know, one of the things that I have been shifting my focus to in my work in the last, I would say three to four years has been focusing more on modified keto with higher protein. You know, I did this high protein experiment about three and a half to four years ago And, you know, at the time everyone was like, don't do it, you know, uh, high protein is dangerous. And that was the same kind of thing with keto. You know, people were afraid of it before I started doing it too. And so in focusing on protein, I have had incredible results myself. You know, when I first started keto, I was able to really correct my body composition. I was close to 40% body fat. And I got down to 36%, you know, that felt really good, but it took me four years to do that. And then when I did high protein within two years, I was down to 21%. So it really accelerated my body recomposition. My fat loss became something effortless. My appetite correction occurred and I was no longer hungry that also became effortless. I stopped thinking about food. I stopped focusing on food. Uh, you know, I was previously very much like a food addict and I was obsessed with food. I thought about it all the time. And now I rarely think of it outside of when it's time to eat. And we'll sometimes forget (laughs) it's time to eat because my body's so well nourished. And these are things that I dreamt of a long time ago. So, you know, for anyone out there who is struggling with these things, like it is a possibility for you can correct these things in your life. And there is really, there really is hope out there. And for me, a high protein diet has really accelerated my progress in all those different areas. So it's made me very passionate about sharing that and also about communicating it to women because i think that there's a lot of men out there who kind of understand a lot of concepts around muscle building around getting lean about focusing on protein you know but when women want to look better in their bodies or feel better in their bodies we often turn to salads and running on a treadmill and these things are not good for body composition you can end up losing and wasting muscle you know you can worsen your body composition. Uh, you definitely won't correct your appetite if you're just eating a lot of salads. So I think it's really important that this message be focused and directed to women who need this information, need to understand, you know, that, um, you know, recomposing your body, gaining muscle. It's not about becoming a bodybuilder. It's not about becoming big. It's just about becoming lean and there's a way to become effortlessly. And that's all about protein. So. I started to do a protein series last summer to kind of really focus on in on how, you know, much I've been focusing on protein and bring more and more protein content and also just create sort of this series that people could go back to the beginning and they could start with like episode one of the protein series and listen to it all the way through. And they would just sort of get this education on protein. So I decided to rename the podcast, the Optimal Protein Podcast. From fast keto, which is what it was called before. And the content is really the same as what I was doing before, except there's just more emphasis on the protein. And the main two reasons for this is more inclusivity. You know, I think that we work sometimes in these niches, you know, keto, carnivore, and it's kind of exclusive to a lot of people. Whereas the messaging is also very much like cut out all of these foods. And I think with, Focusing on optimal protein is more about, are you getting enough protein? How can we add more protein in? And it doesn't matter if you are paleo, if you are high carb, low carb, you know, even plant-based doesn't matter. You know, if you add more protein in, you will, you know, experience different enhancements in your life and body composition. So let's focus on that and less on sort of what we should be cutting out And I just want that message to get to as many people as possible. And so it's, it's really, I think more reflective of the community and how the community around Fasquito has grown. And we hit 150,000 downloads in one month, uh, last month in December. So it's, congrats. thank you. It's really, really resonating with a lot of people. So it felt like a natural step to sort of rebrand it and start off, you know, 2022, um, with that sort of in mind.
0: Yeah. One thing I've always loved about your content, Vanessa, is you've been very open-minded and having people like Bill Campbell and Menno Henselman on recently, which I thought was an awesome interview. I was so excited for that. Um, Thank you. So yeah, I think it, it's really cool that you're opening it up a bit more and focusing on not only like what's created a lot of success for you and your clients, but also what you've done so much deep research on. Something we haven't even talked about on this podcast, but we did on other episodes is um all your all your um postgraduate work um around metabolism and protein. Um has that helped you um shape your focus and and are you still doing any type of that like deep research or do you like to geek out on that stuff?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, yesterday all afternoon, I was just watching YouTube videos on biochemistry um because I just love it. And uh, you know, I kind of wish It was the one subject when I was in school that got me focused and interested was when we were talking about the cell bodies and um, mitosis and cell replication. It was the only thing that kind of got me to pay attention (laughs) when I was in school. So I wish I had figured it out before, but I didn't have the confidence in myself that I could pursue biochemistry. I didn't think that I was you know, sharp enough for it. I thought I was great at, you know, finance and, you know, politics and, and international affairs and, you know, economics, but I didn't think for some reason that I could be a scientist. So um, it's been really, really neat to figure out what it is that really excites me and just like, you know, uh, Joseph Campbell says, "Like follow your bliss." You know, when you find your bliss, you really have to follow it and run after it. And um, I would really like to eventually get a PhD in biochemistry. That would be, you know, my dream. You know, we'll see how things go. I'm actually doing some continuing education credits that I have to do um, right now, so I'm I'm starting some new courses that have some specialization on amino acids, protein, and special diets for people who are. Pregnant, or, you know, who have had eating disorders, like it's kind of focused in on, um, nutrition and around like my sports nutritionist, um, sort of a program that I've done in the past. So that's something that I'm actually doing right now. Cause you have to maintain a certain amount of, you know, credits every couple of years to be able to use that sort of credential. So. Yeah, it it has completely changed the way that I, I look at things. It helps me understand um, and wade through the BS out there because there's a lot. And you know, you you want to be able to understand things for yourself and also communicate things. And that's one of the things I just kicked off the podcast with a protein nutrition 101. And so I'm sort of helping people to understand through the podcast, like the new. Bio, some biochem basics, but like in a fun way and not in a sort of simplified way that people can relate it to their lives. And I think that if we just all understand, you know, the science better, that it'll help us all to communicate it better to people in our communities and share, you know, this information with people. So, Um, It also helped me develop the tone device, you know, so investing in yourself, you know, with education is always, always going to be beneficial, um, you know, and, and helpful. So I, it's one of the best decisions I made (laughs) that was hard to do, you know, is is going back to school. So for anyone who's, you know, contemplating that, or, you know, I was in, you know, my early thirties and I had a pretty well-established career in finance, you know, so to go and sort of completely veered and totally different direction um but it it's something that fulfills me and brings so much meaning to my life every day so it's it's definitely always worth you know following your passions or following your bliss if if it's something that you know um, you're thinking about doing
0: yeah very well said I think that's a wonderful note to end on Vanessa thank you so much um, for sharing everything, for, for giving us your time. I know you're extremely busy now, um, and have a lot of competing priorities. So thank you. Uh, where can people find you? Where can people find out more about the tone device?
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity, Scott. Uh, so I'm on Instagram at ketogenic girl. The podcast is the optimal protein podcast. It's on all podcast platforms and the tone device you can find on Instagram. It's just called Tone Device, or you can go to ketogenicgirl.com, which is my website, and you'll find the tone device there if you want more information about it, or just send me a message or send me an email if you have any questions about any of it.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much, Vanessa. Thank you. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting the Carnivore Cast on Patreon. By becoming a patron, you'll help us reach more people and continue to create content on Carnivore. There are also exclusive perks available, such as private Q&As, consultations with me, and more. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash carnivorecast. Check the episode description for the link. Thank you, and I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Carnivore Cast. If you enjoyed this episode, please review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And share it with a friend. What questions would you like answered? Or who would you like to hear from? in the carnivore research community. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CarnivoreCast or go to CarnivoreCast.com. You can also email me at info at CarnivoreCast.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep it carnivore.